This lesson is on the study of strategic intelligence. So we had a couple readings this week. The McDowell reading is one way to introduce us to the study of strategic intelligence. And the other reading from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence is really to underline the importance and how it actually looks and fits of this idea of estimative probability. So this podcast, this lesson, intends to help us challenge ourselves to be more effective consumers of strategic intelligence. This is also for even intelligence officers themselves who will soon be, if you already haven't, starting to receive um, national intelligence briefings, something a little different um, than the joint services. Now, this lesson, this podcast, is not an intelligence workshop. This is not training. Again, this is the academic study of intelligence. Also, and I think it's important to point up, that intelligence is especially vital to information, influence, and persuasion campaigns. This is the case because the human mind and human behavior are most often the target of influence, persuasion, and excuse me, persuasion and information campaigns, requiring an in-depth use of not only human intelligence, but intelligence on populations, narratives, networks, and behavior. Also, any strategic information, persuasion, or information campaign must necessarily employ secrecy and deception. I should say must in some cases, especially with regards to subversion and influence. And these disciplines are often conducted through intelligence operations. Now a word on information and data versus intelligence. Information is rarely intelligence. Intelligence as a product is a special kind of information. Information is data obtained from observation, investigation, or study. It can be raw, unfiltered, and unevaluated. It could be unimportant, false, incomplete, or misleading in part or as a whole. Now intelligence, on the other hand, in the realm of national security may denote an activity or process, or the word intelligence may indicate a product, and that's going to be mostly the focus of this podcast and this lesson. As a podcast, intelligence is meaningful analysis of information. Intelligence is contextualized, vetted, and usable information, helps strategic leaders make decisions, and informs policymakers to lead the state more effectively amidst challenges, threats, and opportunities. In warfare, intelligence products may often drive policy, strategy, and operations. Mauritius Tiberius Augustus wrote in the late 16th, excuse me, the late 6th cent, uh, century. And by the way, uh, Augustus Mar Mauritius, I guess as he's often called, um, had great success as a general against the Persians in his life. And so he writes, our commanders ought to adapt his stratagems to the disposition of the enemy general. If the latter is inclined to rashness, he may be enticed into premature and reckless action. If he is on the timid side, he may be struck down by continued surprise raids. So he's very much talking about getting into the head of the commander 
finding out what kind of person he is, how he or she makes decisions, and how he, how he or she behaves. U.S. Army War College professor Richard Gabriel notes while discussing best practices of 14th century warfare in Asia as well as in Eastern Europe, strategic intelligence is perhaps the most valuable asset at a commander's disposal in planning the operational conduct of a campaign. Strategic intelligence provides the basis for strategic vision and for developing the military component of the overall strategy. In other words, we must never construct a strategy to reflect the forces we have and the maneuvers we already know. Instead, we must focus our efforts on defeating an adversary in war, finding parity or stability with competitors in peacetime, and to seek out opportunities in order to strengthen our alliances, for example. Even some of the most brutal military campaigns involving army against army in the open, in history, these were intelligence-driven. It was often not enough to go barreling ahead without knowing the dispositions and attitudes of one's enemy. Writing about the Mongols under Genghis Khan, W.B. W. Barrett says, Before any campaign began, they would put their well-developed spying network into action. They would find out as much about the country they planned to subdue as they possibly could. Who the key players in the ruling administrative were, administration were, which of them were dissatisfied, what the strengths and weaknesses of their armies were, only when they were satisfied that they had this sound basis of knowledge would they then launch their attack. In some cases, armies have spent been known to spend years, even decades, of surveillance, reconnaissance, espionage, and analysis before even beginning their first assignment, if only we could be so lucky in every case. Specifically, intelligence is, and this is according to the U.S. Marine Corps in 2013, intelligence identifies potential advantages offered by the environment, describes limitations imposed by the environment, ascertains and assesses enemy strengths to be avoided, uncovers enemy critical vulnerabilities that can be exploited, and enables rapid decision making. Now it's important to note that each information report that may help inform a final or a finalized intelligence product is vetted by one, its source, a person for example, and two, the information itself what a person claims, for example. Now a little bit about estimated probability. Vietnamese General Giap notes, and this is from his book, How He Won the War, in the history of wars and revolutions, even the most accurate predictions could not anticipate adequately and truthfully, but only approximately and essentially, what would take place in reality. Intelligence analysts attempt to make a forthright judgment of the veracity of each report used as well as the likelihood of veracity of finished analysis. Intelligence is often predictive and contextualized amidst other intelligence and or world affairs. Specifically, and I'm gonna to try to summarize here according to our ODNI reading from 2017, estimative language consists of two elements, judgments about the likelihood of developments or events occurring and levels of confidence in the sources and analytic reasoning supporting the judgments. Judgments are not intended to imply proof. 
that shows something as fact. Assessments are based on collected information, which is often incomplete, fragmentary, as well as logic, argumentation, and precedence. Intelligent scholar Sherman Kant suggests using words of estimated probability with intelligence assessments. Words like almost no chance, highly likely, or excuse me, almost no chance, highly unlikely, unlikely, possible, likely, highly likely, and almost certain, something which some of my ISRP advisees uh, know very well and are using. Also, Kent considered confidence in sources and methodology of a finished intelligence product. Confidence in sources supporting judgments, either high confidence, moderate confidence, or low confidence. Policymakers and commanders have the burden of making decisions with imperfect intelligence. Even scenarios intelligence and an analysts judge as almost certain may never pan out. It is thus important that statesmen and military leaders understand fully and grapple with the uncertainties of honest intelligence estimates. Now a little bit on future adversaries' courses of action. Intelligence analysts will often try to predict an adversary or a competitor's action, or an ally in some cases, what their most likely, most dangerous, and most favorable course of actions might be. Predictive intelligence attempts to ready strategic leaders for numerous future circumstances. When there is limited time, some commanders ask for the most dangerous, also called the most deadly, course of action, so that she is ready for the worst case scenario. Now, the dilemma of forecasting is that by forecasting an event, the event may not occur. So you forecast an event, then the consumer of the intelligence product, let's say it's a commander in war, may adjust her disposition of her troops. And that may thwart an attack. So in other words, an intelligence officer says, an attack is coming at dawn. This is what my intelligence says, tells me. It's highly likely or almost certain. And then the commander, she goes ahead and changes the composition of her troops. The enemy comes over the ridge, realizes, uh-oh, we might be falling into a trap, and then conducts a tactical retreat. So nothing happens. It's difficult to, or I should say, it's, there is, how do I say this? There's little to be said for a non-event. And so in some cases, even the best intelligence forecasters become unsung heroes. And at worst, in some cases in history, policymakers falsely believe in hindsight that particular forecasting intelligence was wrong. Intelligence successes are rarely known, and an intelligence officer does not care. Success will almost always find silence and sometimes even derision. Thank you.